You're listening to That Bitch from Boston, a weekly podcast that explores the world of online business through the lens of vulnerability, showing you how you can still be your weird, wacky self and maintain integrity while building a brand. Tune in weekly to help you live your best, most delusional life and to get one step closer to becoming that business bitch. Now on to the show. Welcome back, bitches. Today we're talking to Ashley Cruz, who I just have to start off with saying she's fucking amazing. I've worked with her in multiple capacities now at this point. I can't speak highly enough about her. If you don't know who she is, I'm just going to let her tell you herself because she's fucking incredible. What up, baddies? I affectionately call all of the humans that are like Nicole baddies. Um, but my name's Ashley Cruz. I'm so excited to be here. I am a business and embodiment coach. And I think what most people don't understand as entrepreneurs is how much their unchecked and unprocessed emotions and beliefs actually cost their businesses. And so my business, which is called Business Batty, is all about creating courses and programs that teach my clients how to manage their emotions so that they make better strategic decisions for their businesses. Because when you understand how your emotions and beliefs affect how you execute your strategy, business ultimately feels better. Your business effectively grows and you show up like a motherfucking baddie, which by the way, I'm so glad I get to cuss as much as I want on this podcast because like, you know me. (laughs) That's the way. And actually, let's talk about that because before working with you, I was not like this at all. And I think you even said that one time we were talking, you were like, I had no idea that you were actually like this. Like, yeah, bitch, like I fucking hid myself. So like, I, like you got me, I mean, I'm a Virgo rising. So the fact that you got me to cry in front of like women I've never met before in my life, broke the hard, like Cancerian sun shell, made me shed tears, have like the biggest fucking epiphany of my life of like childhood wounds, wild. That is like real, like honestly, what my mission and goal in life is, is to like break people out of these shells that they feel like they have to stay within in order to get the things that they desire. I mean, I just like fundamentally have lived that lifestyle and fundamentally don't agree with how that keeps us so fucking small. And it's kind of perfect for the topic that we're talking about today, honestly. No, seriously. Last like personal note, I get so many more inquiries now that I am just myself. So if you're like, wait, does this actually work? Yes, it fucking works. I literally had an inquiry today. Like someone had been searching for my services, they said for three years. And I swear to God, they wouldn't have found me or it wouldn't have resonated as much had I not just like been myself. So if you're listening to this, like throughout this entire episode and thinking like, is this legit? It's fucking legit. I mean, what we're really talking about here is like the energy of which you show up and operate your business in, right? It's how you fundamentally believe what's possible and how you take action from that place. A hundred percent. Let's, let's fucking dive right in. I guess first off, like how did you, what was your like, I guess come to Jesus moment of like, this is a huge thing and like people need to talk about it. Yeah, that's such a good question. I mean, I've been really successful my entire life. Like, I brag. (laughs) Um, Hell yeah. I, you know, I did it the way that you're supposed to. Like, I'm a millennial, y'all. Like, I'm an elder millennial. 
And so the way that we were taught to have the things that we want were to go to college, get lots of debt and fucking grind. That's like what we were taught to do by our Gen X parents and the boomer grandparents that we were born into. And I did that. And I was like very successful. I had a very successful corporate career. And simply put, I burnt out. And then that burnout came back in my business when I started operating my business the way that I was doing my corporate life, which was inauthentic. It didn't feel like me. It wasn't the way that I had truly wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted more freedom and flexibility, but instead I put myself in this little box of like, okay, you're a business coach. You have to do it like all of the other business coaches do. You have to look the part. And I distinctly remember like, this is no shade on Gabby Bernstein. I love Gabby Bernstein, but I went to a spirit junkie conference with a ton of other spiritual advisors and business mentors. And I literally left this place in New York City and I was like, I fundamentally do not fucking belong here. And it was because I didn't look like them. I didn't act like them. I didn't speak about spirituality the same way, even though I had all of this great experience. So over time, I'm realizing that like, that isn't how I want to run my business. I had success, but it didn't feel good. And so from that place, I was like, okay, what would actually make my business feel fun, exciting, and like me? And I had like kind of talked to people about how they viewed me and they were like, you are sarcastic. You are straight and to the point. You have, you curse like a sailor. That was like one of the things that people really had reflected to me about my coaching style, about how I work, how I just kind of come off in person. And I like look at my social media. I look at my marketing and my face, like my Facebook, my website and nowhere in there. I mean, there's probably like fuck, but it's like, you know, starred out so that it doesn't like offend people. But I was like really pulling myself away from how I really wanted to be showing up. And my results at the time, though they were successful, they didn't feel, it didn't feel good. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. And so Business Baddie was born. Did it almost feel like you were living like this double life? Because I felt that like at the beginning, like when I was a VA or a virtual assistant, if you don't know, I felt like I was living this like weird double life. Whenever people would ask me questions, I would almost get uncomfortable. Like, tell me more about that. You're like, I don't know. (laughs) Do you want the polished version or the (laughs) fuck you version? Right. That's so interesting. I'm glad I'm not the only one that's like ever felt like that. I put on one hat to be me and then I like put on one hat to be like a CEO. But because of, and what we'll talk about this further, like because of the mindset work that I've started doing because of you, thank you. I don't feel like I have to like separate the two. They're parts of me and they speak at different times, but like they're all me. Tell me more. You kind of spoke to it, but since I'm really into marketing, you're obviously super into the mindset. When you were kind of, for lack of a better term, like living that double life, so to say, like what were your assumptions about marketing? So my assumptions were based on what my parents and what people or like what I'd seen in the industry, right? So like your copy has to be perfect. You can't misspell things. You should look a certain way in your headshots. You should be super polished. 
And everywhere that I looked on social media and on websites, if I would go to networking events, that's all I would see. Business suits, a professional dress, some heels, done up makeup. And I was like, oh, like, okay, I guess I'll do that. It's very corporate. Yeah, very corporate. Even like as entrepreneur, like I'm going to these like networking events that are like entrepreneur focused. And I'm like, why are we all dressed like we're going to like a board meeting with Chief Randy CEO, who's probably like the most problematic human on the face of the planet, you know? (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, literally I've been to a couple mixers and you get a wide range of like people are there showing up as themselves or people are ready to like, yeah, like enter that board meeting and like or like enter the shark tank, like make a deal with like Robert or Barbara, like someone else, like they really like tune it up. Yeah. It's wild. And so it, it was interesting because over time I like started recognizing that like that wasn't the way that I wanted to do things. And then from a mindset perspective, one of the things that I started doing was looking for evidence of people who were doing it differently in the way that I desired to and started putting myself in spaces with them, which from a mindset perspective is really helpful because like when we have evidence of what we want, it feels a little bit more attainable, you know? I love that. Yeah. It feels like safer because you know that there's like a community that you could reach out to and like ask for guidance or like even just people that like hype you up. Yeah. And like, I was thinking about this too. Like, I mean, my my dad, like, I remember this, like one of the first emails I ever sent out had the word fuck in it. And he was like, you're going to, no, I think the, it was the event that I hosted. It was called fuck the fear. And my dad sent me a message and he was like, Hey, you might like not want to cuss because it's going to turn away your audience. And I like started thinking about that. And I was like, actually my ideal client is Someone who uses fuck regularly. Hi. <laughs> she, Hi, it's it's me. What is the Taylor Swift song? Like, I'm the problem. <laughs> though it's not a problem to cuss. So like, yeah, like even though I had seen evidence of what supposed success was supposed to look like, I just started looking for evidence that that didn't have to actually be true. Was there any moment in that like polished version that like broke your shelf, so to speak, that was kind of the last straw of like, I can't do this anymore? I wouldn't say there was like one thing. It was just a culmination of everything. And like, I would just kind of describe it as like, you know how like when you, I don't even know the word, but like, it's just like a breaking point where it's like, okay, this is, I've this has gone far enough. I'm done. Like, I don't have it in me to keep this buttoned up polished space anymore. That's how I felt after the first round of Batty Lab. It's like once you know something, you can't unlearn it. Totally. So it's it's like recognizing like if this is my truth, like I can't keep living this lie, so to speak. Or like mm-hmm. I can't ignore like your like my intuition. Yeah. And I think the cool thing about that is like if you're an entrepreneur, you've likely felt that feeling in your body, which like I talk a lot about embodiment, right? Your body remembers really crucial moments in your life. It's why a lot of our wounding runs us. It's why like we sometimes have emotional moments and we can't really understand why. But I had that feeling that this didn't seem right and something was off the very same way that I had that feeling in corporate when I decided to leave. Mm-hmm. 
And so my body remembered. And because I trusted myself to exit my job, there was already that level of trust that was built to make another decision to kind of pivot how I was marketing and branding myself. Trusting yourself to create your own evidence, like kind of going back to like that discussion of like, if you're seeing other people do it, like just them existing and like doing the thing to be a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but you did that for yourself, which is even more powerful. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't do it alone. Like, let's be real. Like I found a lot of support in having and making these decisions, but you know, at the same time, you know, as individuals, we have to show up and do the work, like having the support doesn't necessarily change it. It's like when we decide, which is like the real truth that I started to embody from this experience, this experience was like, who am I buying from? I'm buying from people that I've like fundamentally relate to and that embody the kind of human that I want to step into. Right. Like these people don't practice burnout mentality. They don't create, they don't create businesses that they become resentful of. I deeply resonate with their content simply because they're so fucking honest and they're providing information that is super useful. And that was the kind of brand, the kind of business that I've wanted to run. I didn't want to just be another fucking voice on the internet. We have enough of those, (laughs) you know? No, you're so right. And like hearing that description, the thought that like came to my head is like they stepped into their power, mm-hmm. which is like scary. Let's, yeah. let's let's talk about that. Like, what does it mean? Yeah. Like, like the honest truth, like what does it mean to step into your power? I guess for me, like as a consumer, like I don't like you said, like I don't like to support businesses that like fuck with shit I don't fuck with. Like I got off PayPal because fuck Elon Musk. He's an asshole. If I can't get behind like what you as a person do, I really can't get behind like what you do in your business. Maybe that's a little judgmental, but. No, I mean, I think it's like, I mean, it is what it is, but it's fact. That's how we buy, right? When we buy, when your clients, when anyone buys anything, it's usually through an emotional lens, right? If our ideal clients can't resonate with us because they don't see themselves as the perfect image of what a spiritual business coach or a bitch from Boston is, they're not going to buy because they don't relate. I mean, that's marketing 101. That's why we have content Mm -hmm. to create deeper levels of emotional connection, right? We love when pathos comes yeah. through. <laughs> yeah. But that's what power is, right? That's us stepping into our power is what do I want to own and be true about me, about my business? And I mean, from a mindset perspective, why does that feel wrong, bad, or unsafe? And what do I need to do to work through that, right? When you can reclaim, this is what I call body energy. It's like how you do your business. It's when you can reclaim that, you can step into the light, be visible from the lens of I'm enough no matter what, whether I have a typo on my website, (laughs) my run on sentence is unclear, whether I say the right thing or not, I just fundamentally believe that I'm enough and that I'm so empowered that people will see past all that bullshit and buy because they've like fucking connected with me. Yeah, exactly. I think too, like, I guess from a marketing perspective, it could be really jarring if you aren't stepping into your power. And then all of a sudden you hop on a discovery call with someone, you're they're like, wait a second, something isn't right here. I was not expecting this version of you or it almost not that it's like deceptive, but it's not fully honest. And if I can see where people, if they're hopping on a discovery call and like 
they never saw you swearing or like being yourself on social media and then you're yourself on a discovery call, how that can be like jarring to them. Even if you're like you being you isn't bad. It's the fact that like they were expecting something else and like confused people like just don't buy period. Frankly, like even from like a uh, service provider standpoint, whether you're a coach, a creative, you run a web strategy business, whatever, I'm sorry, but I have to cuss to get my point across. And if that's going to offend you, you aren't like, it's going to be hard for us to work together. It's going to be hard for me to coach you. It's going to be hard for me to connect with you. And a big piece of like in my world, like how I coach my clients is like, I I need to get to the root of their wounding, of the emotions that they have. And if they can't let me in because they don't trust how I held them in a coaching session because it was different than my brand, I mean, we're fighting an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at that point, you have like a potentially like a group of unaligned clients. Yep. And that just like that fucks with everyone. And I feel like too, like, if you market yourself in such a like polished way, like you pigeonhole yourself into that persona, whereas you could just be your fucking self and then you could just be your fucking self all the time in all capacities. Like it's so I just look back at like who I used to portray myself as and I'm like, I can be that, but that's not like fully me embodying like who I really am or who I'm growing into. Absolutely. And I mean, when I think about that, like when you're working with clients that you don't feel lit up to serve, it makes you resentful of your business. And then what's the point of having a business? That's so funny that you say that because I said that in a previous episode that just went up last week. I was like, if you're not doing this work for yourself, like what's the fucking point? Because I think I mentioned like I talked about my burnout and I was like, one of the things that's helping me is like my mindset work and like getting to the root of like what the fuck is happening here and like having some really tough conversations with myself and being really honest. But so because of that mindset work, it just reminded me like why the fuck I'm doing this in the first place. The way I see mindset work, I don't know if you see it this way too. It's like, it's literally like talking to yourself. And what other time in your life, like in this society, do you ever get the chance to do that? I feel like there's just no, I mean, you don't learn like emotional regulation or anything like in, or at least I didn't in school. Like you don't, you aren't taught how to have like tough conversations with yourself unless you are like in therapy. And even then a lot of the time it's like you're telling someone else and they're reflecting back to you. You're not necessarily like learning how to have those tough conversations with yourself. Like that's what mindset work is to me. I mean, I think you nailed it right on the head there. Uh, But like another reason why mindset work feels foreign is because it feels like because we've been taught that we can't trust ourselves, that like our thoughts are invaluable, that we don't know the way and that everyone else has the answer and not us. Especially as women. Yeah. Or anyone like femme presenting like AFAB, anyone who's like made out to be different, I think is taught that like so hard. Like we're constantly taught to like seek validation, like reassurance from other people. And like, while that's great, like you really just need to figure out how to give it to yourself. Yeah. And mindset is the way. So just to be clear, that's why we always teach this. And like, 
I would argue that if your business coach or somebody that you're learning from isn't teaching you the value of mindset, you will always be outsourcing answers for your marketing strategy, your business to other people, which is going to leave you feeling disempowered. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with like outsourcing in order to like learn. I have an episode coming out like what is like web strategy, like the way I do it. And it's like you're marketing to learn. You're not learning to market like you're marketing to like learn more about what works for you. And you're like you're marketing to learn more about like what works for your ideal client, like figuring out how to marry the two and like balance like what the fuck all this data means, like to make sure it feels good. But like the mindset is so crucial to that, because if you're expecting like blow the fucking charts with like percentages and like all this data, like right away, you need to do the mindset work first. Yeah. And the way that I always look at like data and mindset and like how they go together is that data just informs us of the direction, but mindset tells us what feels good to us. Right. Because like I've had data where it's like, you should do more of this. And fundamentally my brain is like, fuck no, I don't want to do more of that. So it's like, even though the data told me to do it, that doesn't mean I'm actually going to go do it. Mm -hmm. It just tells me like, okay, well, let's figure out a different way, right? Like we, it has to be both. It can't just be all one or all the other. And that finding that middle ground is really like what we're talking about here. Right. I think too, like, it's like listening to yourself and seeing like, is this sustainable? Like if your body's literally telling you like, I fucking hate doing this. It's like pulling out teeth. It's not sustainable for me. If you feel like you need to incorporate it, like talk to yourself about that because there's a disconnect within yourself or within the way that you're like thinking about marketing. Because truly, like if you get to know yourself and you see like you get the ick from doing something, if you fucking hate going on stories, your ideal clients might hate watching them. Yeah. And like, I'd even look at why you hate stories. Is it because you're not getting the views? Like, I mean, it just, we got to look at like what's underneath it so that we can discern if it's a problem that we need to solve or if there's a mindset issue, right? Like, cool. If you end up, if you at the end of the day decided that stories wasn't a good fit for you, like fine, but let's make sure it's not coming from a place that's like, I just, I don't like stories because nobody watches. And like, that isn't a not do stories because the whole purpose of stories is to get your people engaged with you behind the scenes. Yeah. And that's where the marketing to learn comes into play because like you'll quickly learn who is sticking with you like on stories. Like those are your people, but you have to try it out and you have to get that data. You just have to go for it, like figure it out. But you have to have like that mindset behind you of like, Either way, this is going to work out because I'm going to learn something from it. I'm going to learn about myself and how I like to market to people. I'm going to learn more about my ideal clients. Like that's valuable. And I'm going to learn if this fucking feels good or if I want to change the way I come on stories. Like what type of content do I want to put on there? Do I want to make it vlog style so that people can get to know me? Do I want to make it like I don't want to say salesy? Do I want to use them to hit like sales targets each month? Like there are so many ways you can use it too. That like if you do the work, you can figure out what feels best because either way, people buy from who they know or they'll click your link and buy it. How would you say like for you and how you approach it with your clients, like how mindset impacts your marketing strategy? It affects every single level. So whether we are just creating awareness about what we do to get people on calls or we're converting those calls into paying clients, it affects every single phase 
regardless of where we're at, which is why I always really encourage people to adopt a mindset practice from the get-go because you're going to need it. It's a tool that's always going to be in your tool belt. But, you know, from a content lens, does my content capture who I am or am I doing what the gurus told me to do for results, right? So just like thinking back to what I opened our podcast with, like, yeah, I could get results from the gurus and what they say, but did it feel in alignment with me? And what's funny about that is that since I've started doing my content in my way, My engagement is through the fucking roof. People are responding to my stories, to my little stickers. And like my reels, I wouldn't say they're going viral by any means, but they're getting thousands of views. Like some of them are going pretty, not viral, but like they're going baby viral, (laughs) you know? And like the mindset too for content is like, what do I need to do to feel like I can be myself in my content? Or like, why do I feel like I have to mask myself? Is it because I'm afraid of not being accepted for who I am? Am I afraid of rejection? Where did that rejection wound even come from in the first place, right? Like that is the basis of mindset work so that you can shift your beliefs about content or whatever it is that you're working on to something that's more supportive instead of detractive of your success. Mm -hmm. Even before you can market an offer, in a way that feels good and attracts results, like nailing down offers that you can feel really good about. What the fuck are you going to do that you, even on the bad days, like it's going to feel good? Like, how do you feel you can serve people best while also serving yourself? Yeah. And I almost think like what we're fun, what we're talking about here is like energetics and then mindset. So like energetically speaking, if I feel lit up to show up for my business, I'm in the right energy. Now my brain is going to tell me little stories because its job is to keep me safe and to not put me in a situation where I could get eaten by a lion. But like, how do I shift those beliefs when my energy is good, right? So when we're talking about leads, right? energetically, do my lead magnets that I've created and put all of this time and energy actually excite me? Is this something that I feel so passionate about and could talk about over and over and over again? And mindset wise, like, okay, yes, I feel really good about this, but I may be feeling a little bit resentful about giving all my shit away for free because it seems like people only want my free shit, right? There's a mindset thing to look at. I guess a good way to like combine the mindset and energetics too is like, am I truly aligned with someone that I can in full integrity, maybe lead them in another direction that they're supposed to go in or like actually like take control of the situation? I don't mean that like in a derogatory way, but like be emphatic about how like people need your shit or that your shit is useful to them, I guess I should say. They don't need your shit. Are you aligning people with offers and services to help yourself and to make yourself more money? Are you actually doing it to like help someone else and like because you see the benefit that it will have for them? Yeah. I mean, that fundamentally right there. I know I've said the word fundamentally like 85 times. So if you're listening to this or maybe you could just edit it out. I don't know. But (laughs) like that is the foundation of everything energetic related is what's my agenda? Do I have a hidden agenda? And I want to be clear. There's not it's not bad that we have hidden agendas. We're fucking human beings. It's part of our DNA and our genetic makeup. But do I have the wherewithal to check my hidden agenda when it shows up and not let it affect 
how I am running my business and how I'm more importantly selling my shit. I think looking back on where I was a year ago, my people pleasing definitely got in the way. And I was definitely like a yes woman, even if it didn't really align with like what I actually wanted to do because I I wanted to make some fucking money. I'll just fucking say it. I wanted to make money. And yes, I knew my shit was helpful, but I would pretty much bend over backwards and say yes to someone if I got the check. Yeah. Do you think you knew that at the time? Or do you think that like it's taken you a minute to realize that like maybe that was something that was keeping you stuck where you were? I had to really address like stuff that I was taught about business that like comes from like family who they want what's best for me. And obviously like money provides a lot of security. It provides, you know, it'll help pay the bills. Like it helps keep you safe. And so I had to address, like I had to first accept that, that that they were just trying to do what was best for me and keep me safe. But I also had to accept that maybe that's not what's best for me in the long run. And once I accepted that, I could check myself and be like, you were just running on this like scarcity mindset because you wanted to maintain this like lifestyle that you grew up with, but also that you kind of expect for yourself in the future. Totally. You know, so I I really had to tackle some like, I mean, I I didn't grow up poor by any means. I'm the stereotypical like, oh, we grew up comfortable. There's a lot of pressure to maintain that. And of course, that's nothing. I don't want to say that's like awful. Like that's like the worst wound to have. Like obviously growing up with no fucking money and wondering how you're going to eat tomorrow is worse, but it is something I carry. And so once I like tackled that with mindset, literally the other day I was told that someone is no longer going to be working with me anymore. And I'm like, chill about it. Today I got an offer or I was approached for services that feel aligned I'm like chilling. We are good. Yeah, this is where energetics and mindset is so important because most business owners, when they lose a client, panic. And they're like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do? I just had all this money walk out my door. I'm bad. I'm wrong. I did something bad. And literally that's not happening because Nicole knows how to move through it. And she's done the energetic and mindset work to be like, cool, when someone leaves, someone else comes. Like she's fully trusting that instead of doing weird shit, which is probably what a lot of people do. And this is no shame. This is just what we've been taught is like when money walks out the door, we panic and we offer something like weird. Like how many times, like, I want you to be honest with yourself if you're listening to this podcast. Like if I were to lose, I don't know, like a client tomorrow, How do I actually feel in my body? Do I notice a wave of panic roll over me? What does it mean about me? And what would I actually do if if something walked out of my, if some money walked out of my business or a client decided that we were no longer in alignment or I decided I was no longer in alignment with them? Do I have the capacity to hold that? Because if you don't, that's there's no shame or wrong about that. But that is something yeah. fundamentally that we want to look at. And that's what we looked at with Nicole over time. Yeah. I think too, like the past me would have thought of any random yet somewhat aligned service to immediately advertise on Instagram. Like I could copyright, yeah. like I could write blogs for you like this much a month, like get you on a retainer like I could have fucking done that and that's not to say that I don't ever think like oh my gosh like what the fuck am I gonna do but like I'm able to work through it like I know I have those tools in my toolbox to whip out whenever I need it because like slight like everyone like it'll make anyone panic it's about how like it's handling it it's handling it and it's knowing that like 
like where that comes from like now i know that that and, like where that comes from and i know what wound it's pressing into yeah. and i can literally like you said like i can tell myself like someone else is gonna come that's more aligned and lo and behold they did <laughs> but this is the level of like self-reflection that can really make or break an entrepreneur's feeling about their business you know and this goes back to what we said you know couple like a couple minutes ago right which is if this isn't exciting and fun and feels good what is it really even worth the energy if i'm i was just gonna say if i'm constantly panicking about clients instead of trusting and not and again like this isn't us bypassing it's just that like i'm not gonna operate in the energy of scarcity as a business owner because it doesn't actually serve me and when i operate in scarcity i do weird shit that makes the future of my business questionable. <laughs> mhm. 100%. And I had this epiphany in the car on the way to the chiropractor's office and I was like, what's the point of not what's the point of worrying, but I guess long term, what's the point of like bending over backwards to please people just to get the check? Like what's the value in creating like random offers that like yeah, you can you're fucking good at them, you it's probably muscle memory for you, but like, is it worth your time and energy? Like, is it worth putting the effort into creating like, like lower ticket offers just to get a couple more clients in the books? Like for what? To spend more of your time and energy doing something that you don't see yourself doing long-term. That's such a high cost to me. I'll, I'll bootstrap. I'll cut corners. I'll cut costs literally anywhere else to create a life that I can sustain that like makes me happy. Yeah. And one of the things that like we talk about in Batty Lab is being able to look at the macro versus the micro. And this is a great example of that, right? Like creating quick offers is a, a thing that's going to solve a problem that you have right now instead of a problem that you have three months to six months to 12 months from now. And if you look, and I'm not saying that you need to run your business like corporate America, but if you're looking at businesses that have sustained their existence for a long period of time, it's that they know how to solve problems from both places and not let one of those smaller problems completely derail what they're doing in the long run. So there's like, you know, I don't want to shame corporate America too much because they have taught us some things. And that's one of those, which is like, how do I look at this from a longer term perspective? You're probably listening to this and thinking like, okay, but how do I get there? Like you're hyping it up. I'm buying into it. But like, what is, is there a roadmap to follow? Like, what the fuck do I do now? So what the fuck do, do what if, what the fuck do people do now? Cause like, I can only speak to my experience and I do think it's like, it's pretty individual, but like what, if you, if someone from this podcast were to reach out and be like, where the fuck do I get started? Like, what would you tell them? Yeah. Like, I mean, the number one thing is that your job I hold is to cultivate tools that help you adapt as you evolve as a human, right? So from a mindset perspective, like just like journaling is a great place to start here. So here are three journal prompts I'm just going to, you know, kind of give you. Number one, what do you want to believe about marketing your business? If there were no rules, how would you desire to market and don't give me any bullshit about how I just wouldn't market because that's just not helpful to you. <laughs> um, number two, what do you wish was acceptable 
in your marketing process. Like maybe fuck, maybe you want to say fuck was like a great marketing tactic. What if it was? Okay. So like think through that. And then number three, (laughs) think through the clients that you've absolutely loved working with and who you didn't love working with. What was the difference in that particular client? What did you love about working with them versus what didn't you love? And I'm just, I would just be really curious to know, like, did you feel like you could be your full self? Did you feel that emotional connection with them? And then how did you market to that person? Right. So those some journaling prompts, right? If you are kind of a mindset queen and you kind of already know the journaling practices, but you're still having a hard time moving your energy through it, like you're just like, okay, yeah, but my mindset work doesn't feel like it's shifting, then that's your invitation to get into your body, right? We talked about this a little bit earlier, Mm -hmm. is that if your mindset is stuck on something, it's probably because it doesn't feel true in your body. Your body remembers shit that you probably have no recollection of. So embodiment practices are a really great place to help you shift what's coming up for you in your mindset. I always say community support too with that kind of thing is super helpful. Um, so like keep that in mind, but basically the, the root of all of this is you got to get to know yourself. Remember that you are probably your best client. And when you know you, it translates to your ideal clients. You're better able to predict what your clients actually need from you. And, you know, just remember, like, I mean, final like piece of just like some, advice is like, this is a practice. You will not like, I want you truly and honestly, especially as a marketer to stop putting an end game or a timeline to it. And remember that this gets to be a fun process and like you might trip along the way and that's totally fine. But the more that you lean into this work, the more that you allow yourself to see these things, the easier it is to show up and attract people that you want to work with. Like if, especially if you're a coach, like I'm just going to say it, if you're not doing the work that you expect your clients to do, like there's something that's out of alignment there. And that's not to question your integrity by any means, but it's maybe a reason why the people aren't coming. So check it, like look at it. Don't be afraid to look at it. And if you are afraid, that is where you get support. That is where you hire a coach, right? That's where you bring in a professional that's good at helping you get to the root of some of your mindset shit of why it feels so unsafe to be your full self in your content and in your business. I will say you mentioned like embodiment. I could get behind like the mindset, but I got to be honest, when we started working together, I was like embodiment's like fucking bullshit, but (laughs) ever said like, you just have to try it. I know everyone says, oh, just try it. Like you might feel differently. Like Try it and practice it and you will feel differently about it. I started practicing it. And like even during Batty Lab, when we would have those like different exercises, I feel a lot of like my wounds in my throat and in my wo- in my womb, not to get too personal, but one of my wounds, and I talked about this in the first episode, is like feeling like I couldn't be heard. So like the fact that I like practice that embodiment, it like collapsed the timeline of like mm. figuring out like what my issue is, but also like that womb wound let's say that five times fast I realized like how tense like and I guess not to get too personal like that my pelvic floor is and I am able to like actually relax my body and like release that tension and not to get way more personal like my periods have been better (laughs) 
My gynecologist thought I had endometriosis for years. I don't. What? Of course. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Embodiment works wonders y'all. Mm -hmm. Like it really does. And I mean, okay. So like if you are like new to embodiment, let me just quickly explain like what that actually means. It's feeling the physical sensations in your body that you might be thinking in your brain, right? So like what Nicole was saying is, okay, I felt like I can't speak. Let me tune into the energy of my throat. What does that part of me have to say? What's happening there? How does it feel? What mm -hmm. does it remind me of, right? Or you know, a, a way that we, uh, you know, regulate our nervous systems is simply shaking our bodies, stomping our feet. Like think about a toddler. They are so good mm -hmm. at embodiment because they will literally tell you exactly how they feel with the very way that they react to what we have to say. I was just doing this with my five-year-old yesterday, freaked out on me because he <laughs> was kind of being a little <laughs> shit. I'm not going to lie. Love my kid. Don't get me wrong. But he was kind of being a little punk to me and he was saying some mean things and you could see on his face when I checked him, he got pissed, right? He started to stomp his feet. He stomped upstairs because he was angry, right? But we've been taught as humans that it's not safe to share our emotions. We just like bottle it up and don't ever let it out. Staying emotionally regulated is allowing yourself and your body to express the emotions that you are actually feeling in that moment, which could feel wildly unsafe, I won't lie, which is where having support in that process can be really helpful because you might not know what you're doing. You might feel like it's kind of stupid. You might question it until you actually feel it. And I was there too. I will say to that, like I didn't, I was not a believer in embodiment for a very long time. And just the way that you feel in like a yoga class, that's an example of embodiment. You go in feeling stressed, you walk out feeling kind of like the world has been lifted off of your body for like, you know, the hour that you were in there and you might have that yoga mm -hmm. high for a minute. That's an example of embodiment. So don't get all panicked about embodiment. It's really not that complicated. I was going to say too, like, it might not feel good in the moment, but you like have to allow yourself to feel uncomfortable because once you feel that, once you feel it for the first time, it's like wicked scary. I'm not going to lie. Like that epiphany that I had on one of our Unbound calls, I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this because <laughs> I feel like shit. But like once you know something, you can't unlearn it and you're better able to like move forward with your life. But had I not had that support of you and like everyone in Unbound, I wouldn't have gotten there. And like it when I say it collapsed the timeline, I really fucking mean it. I don't think I would have gotten there for like years. I would have hit my Saturn return and had a terrible fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming up soon. I'm not looking forward to it, but I have the tools now to get me through yeah. it. <laughs> and I mean, even just like watching you evolve, like it it's true evidence and proof. Like you guys, I wish that you could have seen Nicole when she came to me and you probably go back in her stories or like in her like earlier posts, right? Unless you've archived them. But like, just paying attention. Okay. <laughs> so just like noticing like how, like, I mean, how you have completely shifted as a result of mindset and embodiment as a marketer is huge and it can literally change the way that you operate your business. So total invitation to just go into it and trust that like, if you're feeling something about what we're talking about, this is your next level. Yep. And I know there's probably still one person out there that's thinking like, all right, I need to meet my bottom line. I'm fucking telling you, I get more referrals now than I ever did. 
imagine like what being yourself can do. You get more referrals. Well, and I mean, okay, like let's even think about this from like a marketing lens, right? If I'm a CEO marketer, one of the biggest things that they talk about is to stand out. You can't stand out if you look like everyone else. You can't Mm -hmm. stand out if you talk like everyone else. You're not memorable, right? So like even though the concepts that we're talking about might feel kind of woo-woo to you, they are literally backed by, you know, I wouldn't say bro marketing because that's probably not true, but like by like very smart marketing people. Yeah, by data and by by many results. And not only that, but like even just the practice of mindset just for the individual, not even like thinking about marketing, like it's backed by the science. And like the psychology and all the studies, like tuning into yourself has so many fucking benefits. Like if you're not going to take this from the marketing perspective, honestly, that's fine. If you just need this for like the personal boost, that's fine. That's fine. Because at the end of the day, like I know that this works because I fucking feel it even just in my day to day life. I know myself so much more now. It's so wild. I'm kind of cool. You are cool. (laughs) Yeah, you're cool. This is great. I love it. Where, tell us more about what do you have coming up? Where can we find you? Yeah. So you can find me online for now. I'm going through this rebrand right now, you guys. So like business baddie is going through a shift. I am known as at embracing the uncertain on Instagram. My website is www.embracingtheuncertain.com. And we are rebranding. You're going to see lots of different imagery um, as I've, you know, stepped more into this baddie energy that I like to preach. And if you are curious about how to bring your baddie energy or like how to implement what we have talked about today into your own business, we're literally doing a mini mind starting the month of May called the baddie lab. And it will be focused on content strategy in particular and how to infuse more of your body energy into your own marketing practice. So if you are a coach, a creative, somebody that runs a service-based business and you're curious about how to actually implement what we've talked about today in your business, Batty Lab is for you. DM me. I'd be happy to talk with you about it. Or you can just, uh, there's a link in my bio, which you'll be able to check out um, for more details. So don't be shy. Come reach out if you have questions. I promise I don't bite. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be at Patty Lab in May. And oh, for some reason, I thought it was this month. I was like, oh, it's tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm hosting like a breadcrumb that bitch. Um, like that's my, that's my marketing guys. So breadcrumb that bitch is a free masterclass that I'm hosting on April 19th. I'm not sure when this um, episode is coming out, but if you want a taste of it, you can come check that out. But That's actually how Nicole and I met originally is like, we're Instagram friends, y'all. We've never actually met in person. And I actually don't even like know if when, when, and if that will ever happen just because we live so far away from each other. My hope is that we (laughs) do, but like we met through online. We met through like just learning how to be our full ass selves. And it was, it's just been such a great experience holding space for you and watching you evolve. I'm really honored to be a part of your journey. Oh, thank you. I have to say too, like, I think I came to you when was, I think it was after Unbound and I was like, I want to do a podcast. I knew exactly what the name was going to be or no, it was after the first Batty Lab. And I was like, I don't think I would have like this podcast 
one, thanks to Gabby Ionello for helping me concept to launch, but like just the idea of even starting it and like addressing that wound of like being heard, it came from Baddie Lab. So much can manifest yes. from coaching. You have no idea. And now she's like using her full ass voice to get the word out about marketing and doing it that way. So good. Hell yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you it's been me. fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Such a cool, like full circle moment. Yeah, this has been fun. This is like one of my most favorite podcasts that I've ever been on. So thank you for holding the space and just like bringing this to the world. It's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. Not that I need the validation anymore, but it's nice to hear. Validation's nice. Oh, validation's really nice. I'm not even going to lie. But it's like a cherry on top now. I don't feel like I need to like wait around for it. So totally. Love it. Totally. All right. Mm. Well, bitches, it's been real. Been real. See you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow on social at That Bitch from Boston to access exclusive content and get a behind the scenes look, as well as resources to help you become that bitch. I'll see you next week, bitches.